We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Josh Johnson is the new quarterback, and he's been called in because there's an injury to the throwing arm of quarterback Brock Purdy. Third and goal, the snap to Hurts. He tries to crowbar his way in over the guard. Touchdown! Hurts has taken it in. Shoved by his teammates from behind. And the Eagles have been the NFC's best team all season long. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. Mahomes out of the pocket, throws on the move. Downfield to the end zone. Valdez Scantling is there for the touchdown. In a sitting position, he hauls it in. Eight seconds left. We are tied at 20. 45-yard attempt. Looking for the lead. Bucker. Snap. Placement. Bucker's kick. He's got it. Kansas City in front with three seconds remaining. And it is over. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. Fly, Eagles, fly. On 670, the score. <laughs> Woo! Burrow had my ass. Woo! It's Mahomes' house. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. We have a Super Bowl. We have a Super Bowl, Mr. David. Who could ever have picked the idea of the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed in the... Uh, morning, Molly. Happy NFC. Monday. Yeah, it took you 10 seconds to get to the point where you picked the Eagles last August and you reminded us of that. Well done. And who did I pick them against? You picked them against the Chiefs. <laughs> I think you picked this matchup back <laughs> in August. Well done. We should pull the tape on that just to remind people we'll have to do that. Uh, we'll get around to it eventually. We'll get around to it Chiefs eventually. Chiefs beating the Eagles. If you remember, the NFC was wide open and no one knew who was who. We talked about 
different teams that might uh, rise up. I think uh, certainly San Francisco was one of them. I, did somebody pick uh, Minnesota? Or, or, I picked Minnesota to win the division. Oh, the division. I thought the 49ers would get to the Super Bowl. I picked yes. that in August and, I, and again last week. They may have yesterday. And you know things. what? You said the NFC is wide open. We'll get to that throughout the week because it is. Yeah. It is. Yesterday was a great day for the NFL in terms of getting the championship Sunday's drama and having everybody in place to watch it. First game, not so good. Second game lived up to the hype. We I, have a Super Bowl. I'm sure the Eagles fans love the first game, but I agree with you. Um, you know what both games had in common? Kind of herky, jerky, lack of rhythm or pace, and um, way too many calls from the Balky. officials. Very just, much. Just stop and start stuff. Really. Yeah. Way, so interrupted way too much yes. by officiating. Injury. Replays, yes. injuries. It was choppy here and there, yep. especially the first game. It took a while to get into a rhythm. And by the time that it did, I think that the way that it started affected everything else that happened. And we'll get into why that all happened and Kyle Shanahan's role in, in that for the 49ers. Right. So we have the Chiefs and the Eagles, and I think that in the in the finale, you know, the the biggest takeaway for me, the entire day is that you've got Patrick Mahomes, who at this point in time, you know, is the best quarterback in the NFL. He even hurt, even hurt, and yesterday, what happened was we are always talking about his talent and how it's incomparable and everything that he does. But yesterday was his toughness. Got to give him credit. Didn't think he was capable of that. And on the play of the game, when they got the penalty they needed to get into field goal range, it was because Patrick Mahomes made a play with his feet, and we thought he couldn't do that. Well, and I, I don't know that he knew he could do it, frankly, because <laughs> he hadn't tried it the whole game. And certainly, and I'm not saying he should have, he, he, was, he was playing hurt, and then they lost, what, three receivers in the game? I mean, I got to tell you, thank God there's two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl because both of these teams need to heal up to put on the kind of show we're hoping to see. I think you're right. When you look at the Eagles, they can use the time wisely, and I think Jalen Hurts needs it. I agree. He still looked like a, a he got the job done. Yes, he Still did. very dangerous, and he he made his own plays in the clutch when necessary. But I think that he'll use the week, the time off to, to heal and to be closer to 100%, and obviously with the Chiefs and the receiving core banged up, that uh, that's going to be time well spent. You know, the other element of it, and um, I don't know that uh, that it matters or not, but I think that if you had told me before the game that Jalen Hurts would not throw a, soup, a, a touchdown in the championship game, I would have thought, oh, boy, the Eagles have no hope. And they ran and ran. He ran for one, and they got a couple out of Miles Sanders. I mean, they they won in a blowout without him throwing a touchdown. I think the complexion of the game and maybe even the approach changed when the 49ers had to respond in the way they did because of their quarterback situation, and the Eagles responded in kind almost. It became more of a traditional slug-it-out defensive battle that both teams were going to rely on the running game more than maybe they anticipated. It was, you know, obviously San Francisco lost quarterback number one and quarterback number two before they even got to the playoffs. And yesterday they lost quarterback number three and quarterback number four. 
and they had to bring back quarterback number three, but he couldn't throw. He could just hand off. I, I mean, I, that might have worked in the 40s, but that's not going to work. It, that Their offense – it was stopped. It was stunning that they continued to do that because I felt like he's in a very difficult spot, Kyle Shanahan. But Brock Purdy was compromised to the point where he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards. Couldn't throw. Everybody in the stadium and watching at home knew that. The Eagles' defense knew that. Right. You're exposing him to further injury by putting him in the, under those conditions. What, what do you do? Go with an emergency quarterback? I, I almost wonder if that would have been a better option because yeah. at least you would have had some more flexibility. You weren't going to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. A screen pass was the extent of your downfield passing game. And, and that's why I, I believe you give the Eagles credit because their pass rush forced those two quarterbacks out of the game. Yes. And Hassan Reddick wrecked that game. Yes, he did. You want to? You don't want to take anything away from that. But Molly, the fact of the matter is, to me, and I think you alluded to it, it felt kind of fluky because of the circumstances the 49ers were first forced to play under. Fluky that the Eagles won. Fluky in that the 49ers never were able to give a full effort in response. It, I, you know, you never saw it this way, but it felt kind of fluky going into the game with the third quarterback leading, and, and how many he'd won six or seven in a row. You know, we talked about his first road game. It it reminds me a little bit of the Bears linebacker. You know, where you where you get this unexpected, fantastic performance from a rookie. Oh my God, look at how great this guy's going to be. Oh well, okay, maybe not. Right. It just it just. I, I know what you're saying, and I respect that. But I think that yesterday, at least, he gave them a representative passing game. Right. That was missing when he left the left the action. And I think when you have a quarterback come in in with Josh Johnson. You saw yeah, the result of that inexperience. 13 teams. I know he's had 13 teams, but he was rusty. And yes. dropping the the shotgun snap changed that game. It did. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan not protecting Brock Purdy before that changed that game. And Kyle Shanahan not demanding that that, that, that completion, that incompleted pass to Devontae Smith be challenged, changed that game. I, I don't think that had anything to do with Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that's the case. The NFL is supposed to review those plays. The NFL, they they changed the the um, the rules of um, of of film review so that if they if they see that and they have all those angles and they look at them before the, uh, the before uh, television puts them on. So what happened in that play is he didn't catch the ball, but nobody knew that. Everyone thought he had caught the ball, and then. They rushed to the line. 28 seconds later, they ran another play. They never – Shanahan never saw the, the the one that came during the timeout or after the touchdown when they went to break. I, I, I know that. Saw. But the league office right. had that in front of them, and they could have interceded. That, that is how they changed the rule it, to allow It should that. happen that way. I, you're right. It should happen that way. But I think that if you're also – you've got 23 coaches on your staff or whatever they do – so yeah, one guy's got to say that, look, they're rushing to the line of scrimmage. Look, they don't think they caught that ball. Did right, he? I don't right. know. Did you see replay? I haven't yet. I'm with Throw you. a timeout. Yeah. Uh, call a timeout. Throw right. the challenge flag. But I don't think that's him on the side. I, I, think, it's, well, I think it's harsh to, to put it on him. And I understand that, um, that you could get upset about that. The problem is that, it, you know, the league office can intercede. I, 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 it's just bothersome. 
that a play like that and and you know listen that they, they um they rush to the line and they they get the playoff and bully for them you know that that's gamesmanship well, was- that's not cheating that's gamesmanship that is there's nothing wrong with trying to rush the line not at all that, that I got no problem with that yep. and they also right after that there was a fumble and they um they threw the flag and they got that sorted out and got the ball back they didn't score or anything but they did get the lead and they never trailed in the game so i understand I, why you would say I'm that i'm just frustrated watching right. that because right. that was a fourth down play it was a possession changer and so if he doesn't make that catch then it's a different story. And you look at them scoring on that drive and what that put the 49ers in a position to have to do. And then I don't think Kyle Shan, I know it's not him and he's got to have people telling him, but if this happened in Chicago and that were Matt Eberflus, we would put it all at the feet of the head coach. It always goes out at the feet of the head coach. He did not have a good first quarter because trying to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end on a drop back pass is inviting trouble. And Hassan Riddick knocked Brock Purdy out of the game because of that misread or, or bad play design. He's a great play caller, but he had a bad first quarter. So this is a story from um, from our buddy uh, Kevin Seifert, working for ESPN. Good guy, Kevin. Um, he writes the NFL instituted new rule at the start of the twenty twenty one season, alternatively known as the replay assist or the expediated review rule. And that allows either on-site replay officials or a member of the league office in New York to make a quick reversal when there is an immediate, clear and obvious evidence that one is necessary. To make the process more efficient, the NFL imported Hawkeye replay technology that pulls all replays instantly rather than waiting for the broadcast network to put them on the air. The minute the league, who has access to all of this uh, video, the minute that was seen, they should have stopped the game. They, it's I, it's on the league to make sure that doesn't happen. And, I, I, and I'm not criticizing I know, I know. Shanahan, or I'm not I'm not excusing him because clearly nobody in the replay booth told him, "Hey, that you know, that he dropped that, he let, trapped that." Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan. This is what he had to say about not challenging it. Because the replay we saw didn't definitely show that. They actually, we saw one up on the scoreboard. I was going to throw one anyways just to hope to take the chances, but they showed one up on the scoreboard um, that didn't have all the angles you guys saw, and that looked like a catch, and so we didn't want to waste the timeout, which we definitely would have if we didn't see that. But then I heard they got a couple other angles, and you guys end up seeing later that it was. And, and that's exactly what that's happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And, and I know in a 31-7 to game, getting fixated on a – on one pass in the first quarter that was a conversion seems a little silly, but it did change the complexion of that oh game. Oh, my God, it totally changed because the game. Because it was fourth and three. Fourth and it's three. A, they get possession if that's an incompletion, and then who knows if they score on the first drive, and it changes the way everything else happens because after that, they score, then the 49ers are in catch-up mode. Not a good place to be with, the, with nope. Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback, right. let's face it. Yep. And yep. then – they don't protect him in the pocket. He leaves the game, and you can't win. You can't win. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know, I get it. They didn't protect him in the pocket. You know, he's got to get rid of that ball faster. He's got to understand That's a tall what the order. protection is. And he's got – you can't protect it. He, he's got to make a play. He gets hit. It's a freak – it's freakish in the fact that he gets hit. Apparently, 
suffers a, a UCL. Is that what they were yeah, saying? Yeah, it's, it's UCL, and so, it, it's 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 something that you hear from Major League Baseball pitchers. Right. It's the Tommy John right. uh, ligament, and Awful. it's something that you hope doesn't require surgery. They're saying that it could be a six week recovery, but it require it was the nerve damage that he couldn't grip the ball well enough to throw it strongly enough and he couldn't get the ball more than 10 yards in the air. That's unbelievable. That's so unbelievable. he's sitting there watching and you felt for the kid because he's still a kid and Very he's young. helpless, not knowing what's, you know, 23 year old guy. How do you do that? It, it was, it was a know, tough, I, it was I, tough I, to watch. And I got to tell you, it, it took my mind back to Kyle Orton when he lost the starting job with the bears and he said, you just never know you're going to get back. You never know if you'll get back. In. You don't know. You'll because know, And that's how that kid must feel now. Well, especially because you just don't know the extent of the injury and, and if surgery will delay him from making an impact in training camp and all of these things, yeah, you're right. The injury could change the course of his young career. You hope that's not the case, but we all have seen it happen before. If, if, they, if, that had, if they had any suspicion that he could be – in harm's way, and certainly you should have suspected that because they, they, the uh, the Eagles sack people. Um, how badly injured is was was Garoppolo? Is it possible that the Niners didn't want to bring him back? They didn't want to put anything else on the kid. They didn't want you know the guy had been out forever. And I'm not suggest, but I think Jimmy G coming in would have been a much better result for the San Francisco 49ers. Than having um, oh no doubt Josh Johnson he just wasn't in. ready. I can't imagine he was even close to being ready. No, I, but I mean, he's two weeks removed from the return date. Whatever that's still that yeah. six day weeks, whatever it was. I'm just saying, if you addressed him, and I don't think he was ready either, David. Uh, but uh, I mean, watching quarterbacks limping around all day, it just made you wonder: Is there any way? Did they not want to even entertain that because they know he's gone? And they they don't want that on their head. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't did know any about of that. that come into play? I, I think I think uh, I I don't know about that because if they had won, my sense would be that Jimmy Garoppolo would have been active for the Super Bowl in a case uh, breaking yes. in case of emergency situation as the backup, and then they would have avoided the kind of situation they faced yesterday. It did underscore this yes. to me that we talk about the NFL needing to do a better job with the replay review, and that goes without saying especially with all the technology available. They also need to reexamine this roster uh, process and procedure in the, in the playoffs especially so that three quarterbacks can be active without it penalizing you from having a special teamers also active. There should be an exempt spot on the roster so an emergency quarterback can be in uniform for, who would that for be? games like I, I'm just curious. whoever their third quarterback yeah. is in the system. Every to team has got to have one. I, I just, I just right? would love to know who that would have been. And cause I, listen, they, they weren't like, they were already kind of cheating the devil a little bit by having a third quarterback perform as well as that kid had. And then you get to the fourth guy. I mean, like you know, it was like nobody the, in the league has a fourth. It was like the Bears in the final se- game of their regular season having to go in between uh, you know, Nathan Peterman and the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Boyle was that yeah, his yeah. name? Tim Boyle, yeah. I think. Pat Boyle. Pat Boyle. Okay, there Tim you go. Boyle. Yeah, he had to get it. Yeah. Okay. I, so you, you 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 though you want somebody who has thrown an NFL pass before at least in practice, yeah. and you don't want to have the Wildcat as being the best option. But it was, for the fourth quarter, 
the best option for the 49ers is when they line up in the wildcat because they didn't have a quarterback that could throw the football. I, I just I got to tell you, it, it was bothersome to me that there were so many calls. I really it makes me think that home field advantage is a bigger advantage than people realize. And I don't believe that the officials uh, don't have a strong enough will to call games accurately. But I do think that the crowd noise, that everything that's going on can interfere with your thought process somehow. I felt like the Niners, who are not a uh, a team that gets penalized all the time, were, were getting awful penalties in that game. And obviously – you know, you look at, uh, at at Cincinnati, that that and that, and there was a really dumb play at the end of that game. They they shove uh, the guy shoves uh, uh, Mahomes, who's uh, you know as you say already compromised, hopping around the league's protecting quarterback. What 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 possibly could get into your mind that you would shove him when he's a foot or two out of bounds? That was insane, and that that, that cost them overtime. That fifteen yards was the difference between a 45 and a 60-yard field goal, whatever it was. So that was that, – that, that kid barely made the 45-yard field goal. I mean, there wasn't – he didn't have a lot of legs. It wouldn't have been good for yards. 55 or uh, 50 I even. I, I agree. I, look, I, that is true, and, and, and you can't no. help but feel some degree – well, I, I don't want to speak for everybody. Right. But when you see uh, the 22-year-old linebacker, Joseph Asai, yes. sitting there – crying after the game and right. you contrast that with the chief celebration he made an aggressive mistake it was a dumb mistake he, you can't do that under those conditions you have a to great vision. game he's a great he's player. a great young player i agree he's he's one of the reasons they're there yeah but you have to almost anticipate what you can't do before every snap that's at the top of the list you even running out of bounds and it was clear that he was out of bounds the referees had a terrible day in the National Football League. But that was the right call. That was the right call. You've got to make that call if you're the refs, whether it's oh, the no. first. Oh, no. That was absolutely but, 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 but people pushed back the right at call. That. It was the right oh, call. Oh, my God, it was the right call. First of all, the guy hasn't run all game. He's clearly compromised. The league wants to defend and, and protect their quarterbacks. The one time he runs, and can you imagine what Asai is thinking as he's running? Like, Finally, I get a shot at Finally. him. I'm going I'm yeah. to tear him oh apart. Oh, my gosh, he got to the sidelines. And, and he gets out of bounds, he, and he can't help he but can't help shove it. him. He, and I, but, David, I mean, it was so egregious because it literally was the one play that cost them the game. It did. It cost them the game. You don't There's know no what reversal. could have happened if they would have, you know, been out of bounds there with the time remaining. Do they have to f- try a field goal? Would he have made it? I don't know I about don't think that. So. They go into overtime, yeah. and then what? So now he's got to live with that for the rest of his career. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but it was the right call. It was a bad mistake. And it's something that he's going to have a hard time processing. You hope that he can. You hope that he's got support. But there's no doubt about it that he he knew immediately when he – it was almost like he was trying to use Mahomes to stop him from falling, but he kind of – he shoved him, and Mahomes went down, and that was scary too. Yeah, that was scary. I I, I mean – Honest to God, I think when you when you look at th- this whole, I, you know, they talked before about making it a neutral site, and I, I thought that was idiotic, and I think it's really important because the crowd is a big part of it. But when you see both number one seeds who had the week off 
get themselves to the Super Bowl, it makes you think, yeah, you know, maybe maybe a neutral site if you're gonna get if you're gonna give a team a week off, maybe a neutral site is a pretty good idea. Maybe if if the officials are gonna be apparently that impacted by home field, and they they really seem to be in both teams that lost. The Niners had a ton of penalties against them. Some dumb, some you know pre-snap nonsense, but some aggressive defensive I, penalties. And and I thought that uh, the Bengals were poorly done too. I respect where you're coming from. It's not a bad a thought, but I'll say this: my reaction to that would be, number one, you're the NFL officiating crew. Do better. Oh no, question. do do better. Yeah. Don't change the process because you can't yeah. raise the level of your. Uh, now you be your, your execution, you got to be better. And you know and what? S- Swallow the damn whistle. Let the yes. game be decided by the Let players, the players on the play. field. I no, and, and the second thing to that, quickly, is that those teams, those number one seeds, earn that right to have the home field dictate the course of those games. They played eight, 17 games to put themselves in a position so home field would matter. You can't tell the Chiefs that, okay, you did that and you're going to you're go- – Yesterday's atmosphere was something you didn't earn. They deserved that. I, I, I uh, we got to get to the pick six, but I, I feel like I should be the guy to talk to the NFL officials because I'm used to talking to my kids. Hey, pick up your laundry. Don't throw that stuff on the floor. Pick up well, your laundry, NFL officials. Do not throw that stuff all over well, my grass. Well, can you get Jerry Mark Bright on the phone? Can you do that? Or someone representative of these officiating <laughs> Cruise because they stunk yesterday. Oh, my God. All right, we got a ton of fun stuff. We got the pick six. We're going to dig into these games, dig into all the stories in sports. We're going to look at life through the lens of Chicago. It's Mully and all the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767 or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. How embittering for Cincinnati to lose on a 45-yard field goal after an awful blunder at the end of the game. What did you make of Patrick Mahomes' game, and how about his comment after the game on the field that it's not Burrowhead? Yeah, I, you know, I got to tell you, I loved, uh, I loved that comment. Um, I, I still think that trash talk is uh, irrelevant. I don't care how, you know, you know, the idea that they really, oh, my God, they were so pumped up. Really? So what? You were just going to go into the AFC Championship game and lay down? Only they said something? No! Now you're going to get my best effort. And he said something like everybody was really fired up. About, you know, oh, my God, what did the mayor of Cincinnati say? I don't think anyone says that, even people in Cincinnati, if he raises their texts. It, it's just absurd. I, I'm sorry. Um, I thought that it is embittering for Cincinnati because they broke their rear ends to get there. They looked like they had a really good chance. They came back a couple times in that game. Mahomes had never fumbled before in a playoff game. That was unbelievable. And that fumble, I honest to God, I thought that changed the game. And I thought, you know, it looked like they were going in to get at least a field goal. And the next thing you know, I, how did he fumble that? That was so weird. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the game is tied yet again. And you're thinking, in every one of these games, they have trailed. Cincinnati has trailed, and they've come back and won it late, and they get seven points in the fourth quarter to tie it, and now they're going to win it, and then you you can't get anything go. I thought when Burrow got the ball back, there was like 2.45 left or whatever, three minutes, whatever it was, and they couldn't get anything going, and they had to punt it. I thought that that was kind of a huge possession in that game. I think uh, Burrow had had a huge impact on that game. Burrow I had B- – Burrow- you mean the name? Is that the common. Yeah. Really? You thought that? Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I think it had a huge I, – I don't think that the Chiefs were sleepwalking before that had happened. But Patrick Mahomes went out of his way to comment in the postgame that he had never seen this team that fired up. Patrick Mahomes didn't need to bring that up in the postgame, and he did. Travis Kelsey didn't need to bring up that in the postgame, and he did. Clark, who had all those pressures in the beginning of the game and sacks, brought everybody that was talked to in different settings brought up the Burrowhead stuff and then and the mayor. So they brought up both <laughs> things. Okay. I mean, especially Kelsey with the mayor. And again, the mayor comments happened after we left the air on Friday. So I, I wasn't keen on that until Sunday. I, I, I didn't see that on Friday and Saturday. And, and then in the pregame shows, I got, oh, my gosh, really? The mayor? You know, I thought it was Skyline Chili's better than Texas Bar, you know, Kansas City Barbecue. <laughs> the mayor's name is Aftab Perelvo. 
I think I'm probably mispronouncing that, but I don't think I'll need to worry about learning it because he might never win a re-election. <laughs> that was dumb. That was when a politician needs to know his role, as uh, Travis Kelsey said. I think that when you look at the Chiefs' offense, it was going to function at a high level. It was going to function at the highest level Patrick Mahomes could function at, regardless of the rhetoric before the game. What happens, though, in these games is that I think you get edges. You, you Defense is about emotion. You, you see the execution, but defense is about intensity. And what you saw from the Chiefs' defense was they were playing at a different level, whether it was Frank Clark or Chris Jones or the secondary that picked off Joe Burrow in Joe Burrow Head Stadium uh, twice on Sunday. They were playing at a level that I think was heightened because of the moment, maybe because of the motivation, but whatever it was, they got there. Whatever it needed to get there, they did it. And so I can't dismiss that. Maybe they would have played that well anyway. It's really dumb to give an opponent playing at home because they earned the right to play there extra incentive to beat you. And that's a lesson learned by the Bengals uh, who should have probably known better. But I do think it played a role. Might not have been as big as was was projected after the game, but it's going to be magnified at this level. Dumb question. Come on. How would you describe the latest Patrick Mahomes magic in the AFC Championship victory? This time on one leg. Is Mahomes the most unstoppable player in pro sports? We talk all the time about Patrick Mahomes' magic and all of that. But this was about his medal. That's what you will remember most about this victory. This will be remembered for the time Patrick Mahomes' toughness was more impressive than his talent. His talent is extraordinary. His talent is is going to get him into the Hall of Fame. If his career ended today, you might put him there already. But yesterday was about his toughness. Having watched him leg out that first down that drew the penalty, having him stand in the pocket, buy time for himself, I didn't think we would see that. I didn't think that they could condense and compartmentalize a four- to six-week injury into six to seven days. A high ankle sprain is nothing to dismiss because they don't heal quickly. Uh, So Patrick Mahomes was at his best. I don't think he's ever been better because of the circumstances. He willed the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. Is he the most unstoppable player in pro sports? This might be a wider, broader discussion, but you can make the argument today that he is that. Connor McDavid in hockey, Giannis had 50 last night, Joel Embiid is one of those guys, but Patrick Mahomes could be at the very top of that list as guys that when he's on the field, he can't be stopped, and he's the guy you want to take your team wherever it wants to go. He was really, really, really good, and after that game, I'm going to say this. There's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's everybody else. I mean, there was talk this week because Joe Burrow had that – 3-0 3-0 record against him, that if he was able, forget, not even a Super Bowl, if Joe Burrow was able to take his Bengals through Kansas City again and make it to the big game, that he would be the new face of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's no. Mm-mm. No, not so fast, my friend. Okay, He was really special. And you were right, Molly, what you said on, about these two weeks. It's going to be huge. He's going to be even better. He'll be even better in two weeks than he was yesterday. Better. You know, I I, um, I think the most underrated quality in a quarterback is toughness. I like that you mentioned his toughness first. Because toughness, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, 
that comes down to the idea that watch a quarterback. It happens all the time in college. It's not, it's not when they get sacked. It's when they get up and they run the next play. And that, that's when you're likely to throw a pick or you're like, the, you know, people don't understand. It hurts. You're banged up. You get hit hard and you're kind of scrambling in your brain and you're trying to get together mentally as to what you're supposed to do. And you got, when they talk about a quarterback, the worst thing that can happen is that, oh, his eye level has changed. That means he's looking at the rush. He's no longer looking down the field to see where the receivers are. Patrick Mahomes is tough as nails. And he showed it not only by hopping around, but by getting to a desperate point in the game and actually running for a first down, getting out of bounds, and watch that play. That guy that guy made a meal of it, okay? He definitely got shoved, and it definitely shouldn't have happened, but he then he kind of flopped like an Italian soccer star, okay? He, like, he let everybody know, I just got shoved out of bounds. There's no way they couldn't throw that flag after his reaction to that, especially when he's hopping around on one leg. Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal player and has led his team to the Super Bowl. And, and you know, I, I think if we did quarterback ratings, he's the best one. Where does he? Where does injured Patrick Mahomes stand? <laughs> he's up there, too. Top 10. Definitely. That's a couple of good questions there. That's the voice of uh, Brad Biggs. He'll be here at 7 o'clock this morning with Mullion Haw. Any idea why the NFL didn't review Devonta Smith's 29-yard catch on fourth and three in the first quarter that gave Philadelphia an early lead? Did the result of the game make the point moot, or was it a moment that should never have happened? It had a big impact on the game because it changed the, you know, it led directly to a touchdown, which then gave a, a lead to a team that shouldn't have had it. They should maybe they could have been up 3 to nothing. There's a big difference between 7 and 3 in a game where points are so hard to come by. And and you know, you're already uh kind of wondering how you're going to score um and then you lose your third string quarterback and now you got a big problem. Um yeah, it was a it was a really big moment. I do not understand how the league could have let it happen. Again, the idea that they they have uh this technology in place to look at every play every replay before they're shown on on tv you know the the bank the the the, the, um the niners didn't see it so they couldn't throw the flag he said he was ready to throw the flag just because it was such a big play it turns out he should have but he wanted to hang on to his timeouts because it's so early in the game which makes sense to me so i don't blame the coach there's nobody in the box that saw it there's nobody it, it took until the uh, after the touchdown. So it took a few plays before they actually saw that, oh, no, he trapped the ball. The league had that information and should have inter- interceded. That is their job, and that is why they changed the technology going into the 2021 season. I know you don't want to blame Kyle Shanahan. No, he's a stud. He's a stud. There we go. You said it. I didn't have to say it. Um Everyone but here's says. the thing. It was fourth and three. Yes. The Eagles had the ball. The Eagles have been known all year to take that opening drive and get touchdowns. That's the you, you, Most coaches don't even use all the timeouts in the first half. You know you're, you're up against a lot of things. I know he doesn't want to admit that Brock Purdy is not, like, the man at that point. But there's a lot of things working against you that it wasn't second in, in two. It was fourth in three. If it goes your way, they have to kick. They have it's what happens. No points. It was fourth down. 
So it was no points. Then the momentum might start swinging. I, 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 and I'm not blaming Kyle Shannon. Like, to David's point earlier, there's 37 guys, people, on that team. They hired that 14 are, are, more you know, like, that, that have That have a voice <laughs> in the ear. I missed that as I was talking. He what said was that? They, they hired 14 I more said 23, you upped it to 37. Okay. But another, my answer is going to be 50. The point is, it wasn't, it was fourth. That The reason they should have done it is because it was fourth and three. So if you even, it, it's like in our world. If you think that a word is said that shouldn't be said on the radio, you dump it. Okay? You dump it because it's not worth it. And if you were wrong, I mean, we throw the flag. It's not the end of the game. It's the beginning of the, how many, how many times, I, I would love the research. How many times did Kyle Shanahan use all three timeouts in the first half of a game this year? Good question. I, I would bet it's zero. I would bet it's zero. So don't tell me that you need to hold on to timeouts. He'll have to live with that all off season. I do blame him because we do blame the head coach on situations like this, whether it's clock management, the end of a half or a game or the decision. He's, he's the one with the challenge flag in his pocket. He can use it. He's the one that can signal timeout. He can use that. He, both tools at his disposal were ignored and they regretted it. And I think they're going to live to regret it this offseason. It's going to be longer and feel that way because it was fourth and three. It was only the first series. They did lose 31 to seven, but everything changed when they went down and scored. Now, Devontae Smith made a tremendous effort. It wasn't a great pass. It was thrown up there, up for grabs. What you do when you have a receiver like uh, they have and like the Chiefs have and like the Bengals have, boy, you can throw it up and let them make a play. That's fun. But he didn't catch it. It hit the ground, and they, sh they should have taken another look. The NFL system was broken. The 49ers communication was broken because somebody should have told Kyle Shanahan, hey, you might want to take another look. We can't see a replay. Well, let's wait until we can see every angle. They didn't do it, and it did change the game. Only with 10 minutes and 28 seconds left in the first quarter, that game changed in a way that the 49ers couldn't reverse. He stepped on his question. That's, that's the guy himself. That's Tom Thayer. He'll be here at 8 o'clock with Mullion Haw. Did Brock Purdy's elbow injury in the first quarter doom any chance of the Niners having to win that championship game yesterday in the NFC side? Or was it Josh Johnson going out with a concussion? How do you explain the repeated Niners penalties, fumbles, and lack of composure? Good as the defense played. How do you explain the penalties? Well, I think the penalties are a combination of things, but the defense ended up being asked to do too much. And they began to unravel. And it was all they could do. I felt like they played really competitive for a long time until they just ran out of patience and maybe endurance and a lot of things. They were playing against an offensive line that was physical. And once the Eagles decided to uh, run the ball and, and pull Kelsey and, and do things to the weak side, it was a very effective counter to what the 49ers were doing up front. Uh, Josh Johnson dropping the shotgun snap just reflected a quarterback that was rusty and when he left with a concussion they did the right thing thank thankfully that was the one thing the nfl did get right yesterday but it was over and i think i would contend it was over when brock purdy left the game big ask to say josh johnson could have come in there and hey go win us the nfc title game against that defense that had five guys who were really legitimate pass rushers and hassan reddick wrecking everything in his path brock purdy was Mr. Relevant yesterday because he was significant by his absence. They missed him. That says everything about the way the game went. 
I know he might not have led them anywhere except for maybe to a closer loss, but him leaving the game and Hassan Reddick knocking him out of that game changed the game. No, it changed the game immensely. Um, I never thought the 49ers could win that game. I, I love the Eagles all week long, especially when it was, gosh, the Eagles were only like a one-point favorite at one point. I thought that was just one of the biggest gifts Las Vegas has ever given to uh, to betters. Um, I also think it screams. I know the 49ers were on their fourth quarterback, but it just screams how important the backup quarterback position is in the NFL. Like you really need to pay attention to that and maybe get a guy that you know has some of the same skill sets as the guy that you want under center more times uh, than not. As far as the penalties, I think the 49ers realized they were outmanned that the defense had to really set a tone so they were playing to the echo and then sometimes beyond the whistle. And then at the end, it's just pure frustration. It's just pure frustration got in the way and they they lost their minds. They're going to have to sign off a lot of those checks that they got for making it to the NFC Championship game. They're going to have to give a lot of those checks back to the NFL. They never took a snap in the red zone. The, uh, that, that That's, I'm sorry, you know, you're not going to win a hell of a lot of games when you don't take a single snap in the red zone unless you're throwing, you know, touchdown bomb after touchdown bomb. 11 penalties for 81 yards. Now, some of those were these ridiculous, you know, letting the clock go down. The kind of 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 just sort of procedural penalties because you've changed quarterbacks again, because you're, you're on your fourth guy. And, yeah, I thought the game was over when Brock Purdy got hurt, and I thought the Niners were playing really tough defense. And they kept their team in the game with that really tough defense right up to the point where you turn over the ball. What, what were the turnovers? Three three to nothing, right? It, it, a team wins the turnover battle by three. They're going to win the game, and they're going to win it, whatever it was, 31 to seven. Well, no, that's a good question. With the NBA trade deadline approaching a week from Thursday, rumors persist about the Bulls' big three, but also about role players with the biggest one involving Alex Caruso, Kobe White, and Io Dusumu. Do you have any problem with them unloading either guy? Would you rate them in terms of value? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would think that um, – I would actually think that uh, Nikolai Vukovic is the guy that you could trade that you could get something for and that you might want to because he's having a really good year on a contract year. And that's, that's you know, you don't want to fall into a trap of, of trusting that too much for an aging player. But I think he would be the guy that would have some value. I, I, I don't know how much value. I mean, I would not move Alex Caruso. I think Kobe White has played better. You don't like Ayo? Well, how are you going to line up? I mean, it, it, it's, you know, the guy... The guy at least can give you some defensive minutes and run your team a little bit. But, you know, right now, I i mean, I'm waiting for February 9th to see how they change this team and how they get better because they're going to have to change this team and get better. Simple as that. So, you know, you name a player on the Bulls, and I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, okay, I'd listen to that deal. I'd listen to a deal for any of these guys, and I would listen to a deal for DeMar DeRozan, for Nikolai Vukovic for, I, I don't know, does anybody want Zach on a big deal? Is there a big deal out there? I, I, I think that... Dallas, maybe? I think I would listen to any offer. I think that they have not done enough to make me feel like you should keep this group together. 
I would agree with what you said there about Vooch, Mully. I think that's the guy who's been playing pretty good lately. And, you know, he's in a contract year per se. And um, I think that's who you probably could get the most for. And he's probably the guy that the Bulls could most afford to lose. And the reason I say that is we got some bad news over the weekend that Lonzo Ball isn't doing anything. Not getting better. Shocked. Supposedly the doctors are going to get together. And, shocking. And just, they, they may not. He may not play this. They may just shut it down oh, and end, end all this stuff. So that being said. I thought he'd be back by last year's Didn't playoffs. see that one coming. Yeah, I thought he'd be back this year. I didn't think he'd play in 2022, but I did expect him to play in the year of uh, Ryan Sandberg or Michael Jordan, 23. Um, Robin Ventura. And now. Hester. Kobe White supposedly is being rumored with a, a Suns trade. Everybody's in on Caruso. You know, in the question, Desumu's name. But, you know, you need to find the guy that's going to be the point guard of this team. I don't know that any of those guys are it, but that's why I don't know that I'd trade the guards right now because I don't I don't know that I don't know that we ever see ball play again for the Bulls. I don't know that you're gonna get anything of value for those guys. Well, I mean, I, like the one rumor, I, I I mean on paper, Kobe White for Jay Crowder, like because of the lack of defense and rim That's protection change for sake of change right i mean what i'm saying that one's like i i like that one maybe on paper yeah, yeah. you gotta get right. rid of anyone I, on this I, team that might hit a three i think when you talk about most likely guys who, who make the most sense sure vooch is the obvious choice but kc keeps saying that he doesn't think there's going to be a major move at the deadline if you're not going to make a major move then these are the other three guys that have been mentioned the most in these rumors that persist and are out there and the reports indicate the Bulls are asking for a King's Ransom for Alex Caruso. I get it. He's got a couple of years left. It's a very tradable contract. But he'd be the guy I would be more likely to deal because of what you could get in return. I don't know about the Kobe White trade if the return is be- better than what you have in a young player you drafted and who can pr- can make, sh- make himself valuable because he can sh- hit shots. You don't have anybody that can hit shots. You don't have many guys that can spread the floor. Kobe White at least can do that and get hot. Io, I was surprised that teams were asking about him, but I think he's a good young player. He's a piece in a rotation that can help a team that's thinking playoffs. Maybe uh, the Bulls continue to develop him here. I would like to see that because I'd hate to see him leave town. Uh, Candace, Candace Parker already left town. Is Io going next? Gosh, what's going on here with all these home homegrown talents? Um, so I don't know. The Bulls are unlikely to make a big move. We have until February 9th to see, but I would put Caruso at the top of the list of those three ranking in terms of guys that would be most likely to deal. Pick six. In a stunning move, the NBA Referees Association posted an apology Sunday for not calling a foul on Jason Tatum on LeBron James' last-second layup attempt in a tie game. The tweet called it gut-wrenching mistake that will cause sleepless nights. James threw a tantrum and lay on the floor for nearly a minute afterward. Two questions. Number one, would they have apologized if anybody but LeBron James was involved? And then question number two, wouldn't Michael Jordan have gotten that call? (laughs) Sure. I think Jordan would have gotten that call. I I think that this stood out because of how much attention it received. And I thought the apology was peculiar. I thought it was very odd that this was public on Twitter and I don't know if it would have been anybody else in the league they would have done this. The reaction was over the top. This was LeBron James at his at his worst in terms of a tantrum. You can't do that. Grow up. You got fouled. You lost a game. Big deal. Come on. That's a terrible example. That's a terrible example for the face of the league to be on the floor 
crying about a call that wasn't made. I respect LeBron. I am not a LeBron hater. I am a guy in Chicago that respects everything he has accomplished. I, I like the fact that he has been a, a vocal uh, role model in some cases, but this was a terrible example to follow. A powder, among, uh, all-star powder. And, yeah, it was a bad call. Get over it. Move on. I, I could not believe the belly aching and the, the tantrum that he threw. That That's embarrassing. It's almost more embarrassing than the refs not getting that call right. But I have to say, we all want transparency. We all want to hear, why don't the refs ever have to answer questions? Why don't we hear from the refs? We hear that all the time in every sport. So I appreciate the fact that they're admitting that they're wrong and, and saying gut-wrenching and saying sleepless nights. Now, that doesn't help anybody. But if, if that game hadn't been on the three-letter network as the prime game uh, on Saturday night, would, would it have gotten that attention either, right? You, you know, if it, was, if it was LeBron out west against the Trailblazers, I don't know that it would have made as big of a deal if it wouldn't have been Celtics, Lakers, ABC, Saturday Night Basketball, yada, yada, yada. He's a baby. Yeah, he lost it like you're never going to see. That was a tantrum for the ages. And, um, and you know, it was just insane, frankly, the way that, that he went off. And so they had to apologize to him because they looked at it and, oh, yeah, no, you know what? He was right. You could tell by the level of tantrum that he was right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, oh, LeBron, it's, um, it's just more proof. That Michael is the goat because he would have gotten that call and there would be no need for a tantrum. <laughs> no need for a tantrum because if they would have they would have called the foul. He would have hit the free throws. Yeah, exactly. They would have celebrated yeah. and there would be no apology yeah. necessary. No, no apology needed. Yeah. yeah. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. That's the telephone number. We've got the extra point next. It is Mully and Hall on Chicago Sports Radio six seven the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. What was your biggest takeaway are in regards to the Bears quarterback Justin Fields when watching that NFC Championship game yesterday? Was it that Fields can have a Jalen Hurts-style breakthrough next year? Or was it that the Niners would be headed to the Super Bowl today if they had drafted Fields instead of Trey Lance? <laughs> well, that's a quantum leap of faith that would cause somebody to pull a hamstring. I, I, I'm i not willing to go there. I, I don't think that as much as we want to project that kind of thing onto Justin Fields and maybe you could make the argument, and I, but I think that, that seeing things that aren't necessarily there yet, maybe one day he would be the kind of guy that you could envision you know, taking a team like that to the Super Bowl. I think the obvious comp and parallel is to the Jalen Hurts progression and ascension. When you see the way the Eagles – have built their team, and then they plopped in this second-round draft pick, this multi-purpose quarterback, this guy who initially was a better runner and more dangerous runner than he was a thrower, then, yeah, you'd like to see Justin Fields mimic or copy or duplicate the kind of improvement that Jalen Hurts made as a passer. Uh, Although yesterday wasn't his greatest day as a passer, he does buy time with his feet. He is dangerous with his legs, and – you, you think that makes him more effective in and out of the pocket because he can buy himself some time and look down the field, keeping his eyes down the field. They, they share a common trait because they're both mentally tough. They're both guys that are leaders and winners, and that is, I think, as big of a comparison as you make and the, the similarity that you see. 
But I don't know that, you know, now's a big off season. The third year is the big one for Justin Fields. He's got to take the kind of step that Jalen Hurts took for the Eagles, but the Bears have to give him the infrastructure on the offensive line and the weapons on the perimeter for him to do that best. Agreed. Get him get him a wide receiver that is of the caliber of either one of the Eagles' two top wide receivers. Upgrade upgrade that offensive line, and I think that in this wide-open NFC, I, I think the Bears can win nine games next year and be be right there. That that's I do I do believe that. But I think this is what's wildly interesting about this question and something I think we need to get deeper into is Justin Fields on the 49ers. And I hope everyone is watching Molly mock me there as I answered my question. That was really that was really uncalled for at 6.34 in the morning. If you don't want me to be a part of the segment, I can sit out. It's not that oh, big of a deal. Oh, come on. I mean, you little I mean, flower of a man. What? I love you. I was making a joke. I, I, what was the joke, though? I don't get it. You're high. I'm high? Yeah. You had the Bears winning nine games and making a run in the playoffs. So I, I didn't say anything about making a run to, in the playoffs. Well, you said they were that, there. That, that, was not, that never came out of my mouth. But I do find what you wrote interesting about – if Justin Fields were the quarterback of the 49ers, would they be playing in this year's Super Bowl? I think that's something that's got to be talked about in more than 60 seconds. You know, I, I honest to God, someone texted that to me, and I laughed out loud. I thought it was a joke. And uh, I, I just thought they were making a joke. That, that, that if they, you know, Justin Fields is kind of indestructible. He's played hurt. He's tough. And, uh, and how good would that team be? You know, that team, if you just think about it for a second – that is the interchangeable player team, right? That's the team that has the best running back of all wide it's receivers. Positionless. That that is the team that yeah. has the best wide receiver of all running backs. That is the team that might have the best, you know, would have had the best running back among quarterbacks. It's just, it's this. You're absolutely right. They are positionless. And what does Justin Fields do? Justin Fields can run. He's great in the running game. Justin Fields can throw an accurate deep ball. He can throw the ball up. And let those receivers go and get it. That that is certainly within his. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't have any time, you know. So the the Niners have a pretty decent offensive line. They would protect him. He'd have a great defense, and uh, I think they'd have great success with Justin Fields. They the, the Trey Lance thing was insane in retrospect, and I guess now that Brock Purdy is hurt. Is like who's their quarterback? Uh, well, who see, is their quarterback okay, next year? I, I understand why you'd ask that. We are in Chicago. It's a it's a good thought exercise for a sports talk radio station. But Trey Lance got hurt, and he was unable to fulfill any kind of. Uh, he, he, I don't know if we, if we know enough about Trey Lance yet to say that he would be a colossal failure in that system. I, I'm asking, who is their quarterback next year? That's a great question. I, I think they is, go. Have they given up on Trey Lance, or is Trey Lance the guy? No, I don't think they can give up on a guy. That, okay, yeah, so he's their. Quarterback? I think he's got to be the guy that they probably give the first opportunity to win the job. And then break, uh, Brock Purdy will be back because he. But are they going to go out and try to get somebody? I don't think they, so. So they're just going to. Don't you think they would stand pat if you're in, I, you if you're in San Francisco this morning? You're talking about the future of the quarterback position. I, I believe that you almost have to. You gave up so much to move up to draft this kid. He I didn't, agree. He, he didn't give you enough of a sample size to have a conclusion one way or another, a con conclusion one way or another. It wasn't trending well, but I don't think that you want to give up on a guy like that given the draft capital. If Brock Purdy had you know, that small of a sample size and didn't look like the, he, he could ma handle the part, 
you would give up on him because he's a seventh round draft pick. But but like you talk about the the Jets and they're a quarterback away. Yes, they drafted second in that draft and they got Zach Wilson. Are mm-hmm. you giving up on him? I mean, they're talk. The talk is they're going to try to get Aaron Rodgers. The, the talk. Yes, is I would give go- up on him because I've seen enough. Okay, I've seen more I, of him. I I don't think we've seen enough of of either guy. I I really don't. I, but but I think we've seen enough of of Justin Fields to feel like he could be a a Hurts type player if he were in San Francisco. If he had those things already aligned for him, sure. he'd be I, a hell of a player. I with agree him. with that. Yeah, he he could definitely. Those kind of weapons, that kind of defense, that oh kind God. of offensive line, be and like running Ohio game, State again. it's just basically all you have to do is not turn the ball over. We saw that with Brock Purdy. You add somebody like that who could run the ball dynamically, like Justin Fields. Yeah, it's 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 something that he probably watched the game from that point of view too. Like, boy, I wonder what would have happened if they would have taken me. I, I I mean, honestly, Brock Purdy will never start again unless there's an injury. And, and they will spend the offseason making sure they upgrade the quarterback position. I don't know who that is, but if they had, like, just a decent quarterback on their team yesterday, they'd, they'd have won that game because that defense was unbelievable and kept them in the game even when you knew they weren't going to be able to score. And how long were they on the field? It seemed like they were on the field the whole damn game, didn't it? Yeah, well, that's why they unraveled at the end. They yes. couldn't stop anybody, and it was one of those situations where you just can't. You can't expect the defense to carry you that much, right? They took they could take you so far, but that was too too much to ask when you're 37 minutes. The Eagles possess the football. I, I yeah, 37 I, that, minutes. That's unbelievable. That, that is 70 plays compared to 45 for the 49ers. That's why the frustration took over. That's why they gave up 31 points. They couldn't get off the field in the end. All right, 312-644-6767. That's the telephone number. We're going to get to all your calls. Let's talk about it. Does anyone want to look at these playoffs through the lens of uh, of the quarterback? I think it's a really interesting idea. And I think the Niners, given their talent level, if they had a quarterback, they'd have been dangerous. And unfortunately, they they lost four this year. That's insane. Watching two guys, it was kind of a microcosm of their of their season. Watching two guys go out at the championship game. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven to the score. Mully and Haw flashback. 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 All right, I got the uh, the Eagles will beat the Niners. A couple of teams that didn't win divisions, I picked. So I got the Chiefs beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, it's possible. It's Anything's possible. It's still possible. How about that? That was September 8th. Good call. Well. The last Friday before the first week of uh, the regular season in the NFL, and you called the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Anything's possible. How about that? I had the Niners and the Bills, so that didn't go so well. Well, that very, went pretty well. That's, very I disappointed mean, you're, you're in the You're in the team photo there. Yeah, but the Bills, you know, after Von Miller, as we were talking during the break, got hurt, they never really found a way to rush the passer. And the Niners, down to their fifth quarterback, uh, that didn't go so well. But, yeah, Eagles and Chiefs, I'd be curious. We don't have to announce it now, but as the week progresses, certainly you pick the Chiefs on September. 
September 8th. Do you yes. stick with that pick? That's a good question. Um, I know that I had picked the Chiefs over the Eagles, and I was proud of myself because the Eagles pick was fairly goofy. It was an unexpected team, and no one remembers this now, but in, in the first week of September, I guess the 8th, whatever, the second week of September, before the season began, I don't think a lot of people were thinking the Eagles had this shot. And um, I knew the defense was good. I liked the wide receiver, uh, the A.J. Brown move, and I thought that um, I talked to a guy in Philly who told me that uh, Jalen Hurts had gotten a lot better, that he was just improving. And, you know, you know the guy's a winner, and you know he breaks his rear end. So I just kind of thought, uh, I didn't think that they'd be riding him to the Super Bowl, but which they eventually have here. But they had done everything else except for – address that they expected him or hoped that he would make the kind of step and right. improvement that he made they went out though and they got him a wide receiver to make sure that was more likely to happen they supplemented the offensive line they got a defense to rush the passer you, you, the biggest uh you talk about takeaways from the bears perspective is that yesterday we saw in the eagles game hassan reddick wrecked the game from the edge and in the chiefs game we saw Chris Jones wrecked the game from the defensive tackle position. So which path do you want to take to get back to respectability as a defense? And I think the Bears, in the context of their draft pick, if they're choosing between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, you saw yesterday examples of what happens when those guys mature into the positions where they can wreck games and change outcomes. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. Let's get to the phone lines, and we should let you know that the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download that BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And the BetQL network is available nationwide on the Odyssey mobile app and website. Over 10,000 home and auto-connected devices in BetQLnetwork.com. All right, let's try uh, John. John is in Joliet. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, guys. I'd like to give your opinion on a couple of things. One is, why do the uh, crew chiefs or the, you know, whoever it is, whether, what sport it is, why do these people come the next day out and say, yeah, we got the call wrong, but you still lost the game? I, I just never understand why they say that when, they, when it's obvious that, you know, the call was bad, but the other thing I have is there was a minute 21 left in the game uh, in Cincinnati, and Burrow makes a, an attempt to throw a pass, they call intentional grounding. Now, about 20 seconds left in the game, Mahomes did the same thing, and he didn't even call intentional grounding. I just, I, I don't know, it just seems really fishy about things like that. And my last thing is the unprofessionalism of Mr. Pratt for Cincinnati just laying into Osai live on TV in the tunnel about why he was stupid doing what he did. The poor guy probably felt horrible after he did that. i just like to get your opinion on things like that, guys. Thanks, John. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, the, the crew chiefs do that because of accountability. Uh, or I guess not crew chiefs, but the referees association. That's why you get the NBA two-minute report, the apology, and, and something will happen the, the, the day after because of accountability. The intentional grounding against Joe Burrow was because it was clear there was no receiver beyond the line of scrimmage, and I believe that the pass was thrown directly into the ground, and it was deemed that it wasn't wasn't an attempt to hit a receiver who wasn't past the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah. Um, let's try. Let's try Kevin. Kevin is in Palatine. Hey, Kevin. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, David, I think I saw you put this on Twitter, but Greg Olson, I hope Brady keeps playing because Greg Olson, he really made the game really enjoyable yesterday. And I'll tell you who didn't make it enjoyable is Tony Romo. I don't know with his giant contract if he's paid by the word, but good Lord, take a breath, my man. Like, (laughs) exhale for a second. He doesn't have to fill every single second. I liked him in the beginning. I can't stand him now. I actively dislike his broadcast. I have a football question for both of you. Have you ever seen a player as good as Travis Kelsey not guarded, constantly wide open, no one near him? It's, I guess it just says something about Andy Reid, but I've never seen a player of that level, the best player obviously besides Mahomes on the offense, and he's never covered. He's always wide open, and he's probably, I don't know, one of the three best tight ends to ever walk the earth, but Romo? Good Lord, he has to stop. I, I can't take him anymore. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kevin. That's funny. Greg Olson is terrific. I don't know there's any reason to replace him, whether Tom Brady retires or not. They are committed to him, I suppose, contractually. But didn't he back out of his contract? Can they back, back out of their commitment? I don't know. We'll see. Because Greg Olson has done nothing except for get better, and he doesn't deserve to be ousted. Romo, we've talked about Tony Romo. Started strong, but when did he retire? Tony Romo. Yeah, when did from he playing? Start playing? Seven years ago or so. Let me yeah. check that real quick. But it- that's the problem, David. I think when Tony Romo went into the booth, he was he was fantastic from day one, and I think part of it was he was sharp. He had been playing. He went right from the quarterback room into the broadcast booth, and he was telling you things. He was seeing plays. He was like, oh. They're doing this. Well, then they're going to have to go after this guy. And it was like he was calling the play like an offensive coordinator. He was ahead of everything. Um, that is long gone. I, I don't know. I, I, I 2016. 2016. So it's been a while. That's been a while. Yes. So you 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 know. So that's seven years, right? Um, I think, or is it six years? I guess if you think about when the seasons. No. It's, it was seven years, and I think that he seven started years. right away, and you're right. That's a very good observation. He was more plugged in. And now I don't know if he's just spending his time on the golf course, if he's doing a lot, he's raising kids, he's doing a lot. It's it's almost now like he's literally saying he's just trying to cover his own rear end. So he'll say things like, you know, oh, what a great throw. That's a perfect throw. It just went through his hands. But look at that defense. That's perfect defense. But ultimately, it's just a drop. What? What? Like, could you be more conflicted? It's not very cohesive. His no. thoughts—they aren't very uh, to organized, and they—they they, they sound very overstated at times. And I know it's very critical uh, and easy to be critical of Tony Romo, but I, I have a hard time watching the games without at least once or twice hitting mute because yes. it just gets to be a bit much. And Greg Olson was so good. My favorite moment with Greg Olson was when Nick Sirianni is going to go for two. And you're like, why would you go for two? Just take the points. They had timeout. He was right there. He explained it. He's like, look what he's doing here. They're going to try to get him to jump because you can go for it. You know, the way they run their quarterback, you get to the one-yard line, you're stealing a point here. But look, they didn't line up right, and look how angry he is. He was right. And I thought to myself, 
How would Tony Romo have reacted? Great to that? example. Also, when Fred Warner was frozen by the read option by Jalen Hurts, he explained why, and he made the reference about how something like that can make a four-four linebacker play like four-seven. Yes. And he did yes, it in the moment, right during the perfect. replay. Yes. And those are the kind of examples when you're watching the game, you get smarter by hearing what Greg Olson has to say yeah, he, about it. He was so well prepared, and he was so into it, and it was wonderful. And and we got to get to the break. We got to bring in Big Z, but. Let me ask you this and think about this. We can talk about it later. Do you think that Romo being the highest paid analyst, 17 million a year, do you think that goes into the reflection of how he's doing? Do you think we look at him not not like, oh, Tony's on the call, but that's what you get for 17 million? <laughs> it's almost like yes. the, the expectation level changes with the question. money he's making. It's a fair question. But I wonder about that. We'll address that later as well as yep. I want to get into Kevin's question about Travis Kelsey because his backstory yes. is also very interesting Kelsey, with a little bit of a – Kelsey uh, Bowl. Uh, yeah, the Dun Kelsey Bowl. Justin and said last week that a lot of people – he wasn't sure those two were related. And I'm like, what? Like he I, Didn't you say that last week, Dustin? They have a podcast. No, no. I said I don't think everybody out there realizes that oh, they're related. Okay. No, I mean, I knew that. I, I want to go into his backstory, too, because then maybe Dustin will say something nice about Brian Kelly and his role in oh, Travis Kelsey's development. I don't think he's going to ever say anything nice about Brian Kelly. But, uh, but Biggs, he might, although we won't talk to him about that. Brad Biggs next. Molly and Hall on the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 